AI, what is it and how do you plan for it? People in your business are almost certainly using it, but is that a risk or is it an opportunity or is it a bit of both? And how do you develop a strategy that embraces AI and make you stand out ahead of your competition? And if you're an investor, should you be focusing on businesses that have a clear AI strategy? That is today. The Morning Call from NAB with Phil Dobby. Weekend edition. Well, Deloitte might have coined a new phrase. For those wondering what follows the millennials, well, obviously it's Generation Z or Generation Z. Uh, but if you were born in the last 10 years, well, you are part of Generation Z, but they reckon a chunk of that generation are now also part of Generation AI, a generation that has been quick to adapt to generative AI. So Deloitte have surveyed over 2,500 individuals, 2,000 of them in work and about 500 at uni, all in Australia to try and understand how this generation is using AI and how it could and is changing the workplace. Rhiannon Yetsenga is a manager in the economic analysis and policy team with Deloitte Access Economics with a particular focus on digital trends. She joins me now on the weekend edition. So first off, generative AI, I mean, a lot of it obviously initially is being driven by language models. That's how uh, you know a lot of us mm-hmm. are interfacing with it because it can scour through content and rework it in response to a question. But, of course, that is not always right, is it? I mean, isn't there a risk that we could be outsourcing accuracy to machines? Yes, absolutely. There are some very real and, you know, potentially quite harmful risks when it comes to generative AI. I mean, certainly factual errors is one of them. Um, I think things like data security, copyright, there's been a few discussions around bias as well. Um, being some of the risks. I mean, a lot of technologies have risks, particularly in, you know, what I would call their early stages. It's it's quite an interesting discussion when you're thinking about AI and generative AI, because AI has actually been around for a very long time. It's just that in the past year, things have exploded with generative AI. And the turning point for that was really November of last year with the emergence of um, ChatGPT. So, I think certainly there are still things um, that need to be worked through in terms of uh, risks. And one of the things that I think stood out for me uh, in terms of our research was that while about a third of current employees are using generative AI at work, of those employees, two thirds of them thought their manager didn't know that they were using it. And I think that's actually what creates... This risk. Yeah, I mean, that is a risk, isn't it? Because if, if they're doing something and uh, there's no checks and balances uh, to, to check the accuracy of what they're doing and they're not telling their bosses because they don't think their boss is understanding it, I mean, I can see that would be a real risk for a company. It's not even that their bosses won't understand it. It's just that the, the key thing that has been different about um, generative AI as opposed to other digital technologies is that the adoption is employee-led, not enterprise-led. So think about other technologies like cloud or cybersecurity security that's very much led you know by the business this has been an employee led thing and it's led actually by that younger cohort of um you know recent graduates and current students are by far the highest current users of generative ai i mean just to give you an example of that we had in our survey workers who were aged between 18 and 24 were you know three times more likely to use gen ai that compared to their mid-career workers that doesn't mean older workers aren't using it um, but it does really kind of, you know, draw attention to the fact that this is being led from, you know, 
that younger cohort. Right, which gets me back to my point. I, I, I don't want to appear like the cynical older man here, but I mean, if you've got <laughs> a lot of younger people who are using this technology and there's no checks and balances there to see whether what they're presenting, perhaps outwardly for the organisation, is actually accurate. I mean, that presents a real danger to the company, doesn't it? It absolutely does. It, it, it absolutely does. And I think that's why like the first step in all of this is that for businesses, you know, accepting that this technology exists, accepting the fact that your employees are probably already using it. So if you haven't got a strategy or a governance structure in place, you really are, you know, putting yourself at risk. So I think you're absolutely right, Phil, like the first step is businesses to establish really clear guidelines around the ethical and responsible use of generative AI. Yeah. And also just what what it's doing generally. Yeah. In terms of critical thinking as well. I mean, if the answer to to every question is given to you without you having to think about it, then it are you actually questioning, you know, the answers that are being given to you or, or thinking through something again, which might be critical to the business in, in enough depth and detail? It gets, gets, gets back to the same point, doesn't it? You've got to build the process around it to make sure that that critical thinking is taken care of. I think this idea, though, that generative AI, you know, removes the need for critical thinking or, um, you know, you can just put something in and it solves all your problems. I mean, I'm not sure I quite agree with that. So I'll give, I'll point to a couple of examples. One is that um, with the student cohort that we surveyed, over two thirds said that generative AI has actually improved their ability to understand information. Like it can be an incredibly powerful tool in helping you to actually understand and learn new things. And we're seeing that come particularly within education. I mean, I think when generative AI was first released, um, one of the biggest sectors that was disrupted almost immediately was universities. And there was a, a lot of really big... Um, a lot of really big discussion about that. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, a lot of that discussion was whether it was actually being used to cheat on coursework, wasn't it? Whether people were getting uh, questions, uh, the answers written by generative yes. AI. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think though, um, you know, ultimately with any kind of digital technology, and I think generative AI is similar to that, it is a labour augmented technology. I mean, it is a productivity enhancing tool and fundamentally purpose of these tools is to enable workers to focus on higher value-adding activity. I mean, that's first and foremost, you know, the purpose of any sort of these tools. So, and I think um, the other thing is when you're thinking about generative AI and how you could leverage that in your business, I mean, I think a lot of people don't really understand the potential applications of generative AI within their business. I mean, one of the, you know, biggest things that businesses should and could thinking about, if you have large quantities of kind of enterprise level data, how can you use generative AI technology to actually link that to your current enterprise data um, to come up with quite innovative and novel solutions? I mean, I think that has the potential to really transform the way businesses, you know, do business. And then you're using internal data, which you can trust. So therefore the checks, I mean, you still need checks and balances, obviously. And then that you've got the privacy concerns associated with that, obviously that comes from that. But I mean, that that is a safer road, isn't it? A hundred percent. And that's what I think, that's where I think that this will go in the future is that, you know, we mm. will see more like enterprise-led solutions, which are, you know, keeping data within that business. And that does, as you say, mitigate, you know, some, not all, but some of the risks associated with generative AI. 
And the speed of change, obviously, is enormous. So your report says that two in five employees, this is of your generation of AI that you survey, two in five do not believe their business is ready for the upcoming wave of disruption. There will be some companies that don't have any of that generation AI who will be blissfully unaware, perhaps, of, of what's going on. So companies are going to get left behind in this, aren't they? Yeah, they, they absolutely are. And I think that sort of speaks to the need for businesses to be thinking about, you know, to really be on the front foot. With this, you know, if not, how are my employees currently using Gen AI to how can my business use Gen AI to kind of create these innovative solutions? And then the third step to that is also, you know, what is the potential impact of Gen AI for my workforce? You know, do I need to think about retraining or whose role will fundamentally shift as a result of this technology? So I think that, yeah, there is a really big need for business leaders to be thinking about this proactively and thinking about it sooner rather than later. And so as a, as a business, do I need to have, do I, do I need to employ an AI department or head of AI? How do I structure my business around all of this? Yeah, I think the occupational question is uh, very interesting. So in some other research we did, we found that AI would impact about 86% of workers in Australia. And for that 86% of workers, it would impact up to 25% of their work hours. So that's quite substantial. You've got basically a majority of workers in Australia for whom on average a quarter of their working time is going to be influenced by Gen AI. And I think we found that the biggest impact would actually be in admin and operations roles. I mean, I don't think that would be particularly surprising for anyone listening to this. Um, also kind of those core technology roles. So those core digital roles um, will be heavily So do you impacted. put someone who's in charge of all of that? I mean, it's where does the where does the agenda come from? Where does the, the roadmap come from for AI in a business? Does it come from IT? Does it come from HR? Does it come from just senior managers? It seems like it's a one of those areas where you need a bit of expertise, but it costs so much of the business. Yeah, I think it's, I, I don't think it's one person. I think it's multiple people. I mean, even at team level, we've spoken about how much employees are already engaging. So I think that, you know, every team across your business, if your employees are currently using AI, or if they're not, and there's potential to, you need to be thinking about that. And then I think there's this strategic layer over the top. Um, which really comes from, you know, the executive of, or your directorship about how um, you can use AI, Gen AI. Right. And, and the idea is out of all of this that you're going to boost productivity. Uh, is is that going to work? And this is where I'm going to appear a bit sceptical. But, I mean, I just need to point back to John Maynard Keynes, who was talking about how automation was going to mean that, you know, today would all only be working 15 hours a week. But, of course, that doesn't happen because if you can work more, you will work more and take more money. That's the way, that's the way it works, isn't it? So, I mean, it's unlikely we're going to get down to a four-day week yeah. as a result <laughs> of all of this, are we? I think, I think you're right to be, you know, a little bit sceptical. I think that, um, you know, Generative AI is a labor-augmenting technology, and in the survey that we did, we found that employees using Gen AI daily saved about five hours per week on average. I mean, obviously, that's that's really significant. Um, so, I think certainly the hypothetical time savings is substantial. The degree to which that actually contributes to making the four-day work week a reality is um, probably more questionable. It's not something that's going to happen by accident. I think. In order for that to be realized, businesses would need to be quite intentional with identifying, you know, where efficiencies have been realized hmm. and actually giving that time back to employees. Yeah, well, good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> so, look, in your report, there are you've identified those industries where, you know, timing 
for the adoption of AI is that much more important. So the because they've got the most to gain. So the companies with the short fuse and the big impact that is the sort of like the top left con- uh, quadrant where you've got the big bang. So in there we've got financial services, we've got education, we've got professional services, we've got ICT, media, all in that short fuse big bang quadrant. So and you're saying this short fuse is like the next twelve or twenty four months. So I mean, will we? So we're going to see a big change in those companies in the next uh, one or two years and if they aren't with it are they going to lose out quite significantly look i think the point is that those are the industries that are going to be most impacted and to be honest some of those industries have already been quite um impacted by generative ai i mean i spoke about education earlier and um just the immediacy with which generative ai has kind of impacted that industry i mean anyone can access generative ai tools it's exceptionally user-friendly. You don't need any kind of specific coding or digital skills to access and leverage the platform. And that's really what's contributed to the growth. But I think rather than, you know, just back to your earlier point, I don't think it's about, you know, could this be very damaging? I think it's about the missed opportunity for businesses. If you're not thinking about using generative AI, you know, what opportunities are you missing out on within your business to actually, you know, be more productive, be more innovative? And what are your competitors going to do? Um, because they could be doing things with that technology that might put them ahead of the game. So I think that, um, you know, I, I would sort of reframe it a little bit to miss opportunity. Well, a lot of it, of course, relates to customer relationships. And I know a lot of companies that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because you can improve that relationship with customers. You can, you know, improve problem solving. You can provide better interfaces for customers. You can track their behavior and, can, you know, and, and modify that experience. Uh, and, you know, a lot of public sector interfaces, we maybe some banking as well. We know, we know how bad they are because they are riddled with legacy systems. So I wonder whether in fact there's a you know situation where ai could help rebuild better faster and whether that's a a good productivity gain because you know that's a the 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 complexity of it systems is very problematic and i wonder whether the ability to start afresh is something that ai can do because in the past it's been just such a big expense and there's been so many moving parts that they've been difficult to untangle is that an area where ai could help out do you think i I think yes 100 percent. and i think the other thing is that you know the way you should be thinking about using gen ai in your business is really linking back to your business strategy so there is a tendency um you know we talk about this a little bit in the report that people will see this new shiny gen ai thing and and think about what we call passion projects, which are really innovative and kind of look very cool, but aren't kind of central to business processes and, um, you know, business priorities. So, I think rather than having a Gen AI strategy, you should be thinking about how to use Gen AI and look at your business strategy. Right. But how do you even start on that? Is it a case of saying, well, okay, what is it that we really need to do to make this business more efficient, but perhaps we haven't been able to do in the past because it's just been so prohibitively expensive? What what do we need to revisit in, 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 uh, that perhaps we've dismissed before? Is that a suitable approach? Well, yes. and I, But I think it's also just coming back to that point of like understanding what generative AI is and what it can do for your business. And then also, you know, equally with respect to that, what are the risks of doing that? I think once you have a good understanding of kind of what generative AI is, you could think about, um, you know, potential applications within your business. And we have basically an entire practice with Deloitte, which is dedicated to helping clients to doing 
just that. Um, it's really, it's really, I think it's quite bespoke. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, it's a big part of this is understanding what business level data you have available and then how you can use Gen AI to perhaps link with that business data. So I think that, um, you know, there's, there's not going to be a one-size-fits-all approach. I think it's about each business thinking very strategically about what current problems they have and then how, you know, once you understand what Gen AI can do, how it can help you solve those problems and kind of do things, you know, more efficiently or differently how you currently do them but i mean if you don't understand ai i guess you don't understand how far it can go in terms of solving some of those business problems so i mean is the first is the first stage you've got to basically educate everyone from the ceo down about what the capabilities are yeah and i think also just just kind of coming back to my earlier point around you know generation ai and the speed of change i mean i know we're talking a lot about you know the detail of how businesses could potentially adopt it but i think there's I think for a lot of businesses, there's there's really just that first step that needs to happen, which is that, hey, this technology is a thing. Hey, my employees are probably already using that. And, you know, I need to think about guidelines of how they use it. I think that that is is the very first step. And I mm. think so many businesses haven't even tackled that. Um, and I think once that happens, then you can kind of move on to these broader, you know, big picture projects. Right. So there's the homework, isn't it, for Christmas? Uh, get working on those guidelines so your business can safely embrace generative AI, then see where it takes you, uh, which, you know, sounds like a sensible approach. One final then, cynical question, I'm afraid, and I only ask this because I was very involved uh, in the dot-com industry at the time of the dot-com bomb. And then we had all promise, massive investment, but the timescale, I mean, you know, it ultimately delivered on the promise, but the timescale was all wrong. Lots of companies went to the wall as a, as a result of all of that. Isn't there a danger of AI also over-promising and under-delivering? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a reasonable question to ask. I think there's always a bit of hype whenever a new kind of technology comes into play um, around it. So I think it's good to just think about that quite critically. I mean, I have confidence just based on you know that context of the past year's growth and how kind of um just quick and you know disruptive that has been um relative to so many other technologies which are really well known and you know play a big role in many people's lives on a day-to-day basis so the other thing is that there are some pretty immediate use cases so Four employees currently using Gen AI um, in our survey. The top use case was just using it for research, synthesizing articles, and that sort of thing. I think that people have been able to grasp Gen AI and just immediately use it for specific work tasks. So again, that just gives me some confidence that um, it is actually, you know, a useful, a useful tool. And I think that, you know, just based on our survey, the other thing we found was that, and you, you talked to this earlier, Phil, but just that the number of daily Gen AI users are expected to double in the next five years, so from one in five to, to two in five. So I think that all signs are pretty pretty optimistic. Um, I think, though, question of business adoption and how that flows through to business processes, that's probably the area where we haven't seen that that strongly yet. And I think that that's the question of whether that will, you know, sort of take off or adapt. And that is obviously um, a, a great deal away from sort of using chat GPT for just some of that investigative work to, to, to help with the day-to-day tasks. Look, it's been uh, very interesting. Good to talk to you, Rhiannon. And uh, we'll uh, thank you for all of that and have a great okay. Christmas. Okay. 
Thank you. And that is it for the weekend edition. Next week, Sally all joins me for the last one of the year. We are going to look back at this year and look ahead to next year in terms of, you know, what is meant in finance. Obviously, we went into this year a lot more optimistic than we should have done. Uh, does that mean that we are facing a reality check? And what does that mean for 2024? We'll look at that next week on the weekend edition. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Thanks for listening. The Weekend Edition. 